All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey guys, this is Ian Happ from the Chicago Cubs. I'm excited to announce that my show, The Compound, is now part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Join me and my teammates, Dakota Meckis and Zach Short. This week, we welcome Cubs first baseman, World Series champion, Anthony Rizzo, to The Compound. Check it out. Subscribe. The Compound on the Blue Wire Podcast Network. This is a Web Canopy Studio production. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Dropping the Gloves, episode 105 of this amazing franchise we've built. Franchise, Tim. Franchise. Tim Worsberg is here on location. Tim, where, where in the world are you today? I am calling in from Jackson Hole, Wyoming today. And where on earth is Jackson Hole, Wyoming? I have no idea. It's in Wyoming. Um, no, no kidding. Yeah, and it's uh, like Western Wyoming, kind of where just just you know twenty miles from the Idaho border, up in the mountains. The elevation's around sixty five hundred feet, I think. So it's pretty high up there. Okay, so you're on the eastern side of the Rockies. Yeah. Okay. Are you? How far north are you? Because I know the northern states. Like, are you the northern states? Or are you kind of towards? Texas or Nevada or Arizona or I don't I'm know. more north than south. Like I'm right below Montana. Okay. And Montana borders Canada. Yeah. Okay. All right. And now you're going to work your way south after this. Yeah. I, uh, I'm staying with a buddy for a couple of days later this week in Denver. Um, and then I'm kind of shooting back north to South Dakota to check out next weekend, the, the Badlands National Park and uh, Mount Rushmore. And then the final week, it's just kind of the boring, just getting back home through like Iowa and Illinois and Indiana and this boring stuff. I thought, where's Mount Rushmore? I thought that was in South Dakota. That is. Yeah, that's what I said. So you're going down to Denver and then coming back up? Yeah. Oh, Tim, don't do that. You should have South Dakota on the way through, on the way down. It's not, it's, <laughs> it sounds like it's close, but it's a lot further than you think when you're like, I can't just swing by South Dakota. You have to make a point to go there. I know, but you're, you're missing out on a lot of great points of this country by just going back North again. I don't know. Hey, it's your trip. I want to see the I, national park. I want to see Mount Rushmore. 
just to, I'll show you a picture. Just four <laughs> guys' faces. Not a big deal. Do you know who they are, John? You think yes. All right, who are they? It's um, Lincoln, Washington, Roosevelt, and uh, Lincoln, Washington, Roosevelt, and which Roosevelt? Teddy. Okay. Um, I don't know. I'm drawing a blank right now. He wrote the Declaration of Independence. Oh, Herbie Hancock. <laughs> Thomas Jefferson. That's it, Tommy. Yo! Plus, three out of four. You're Googling it right now. Who's on the Canadian Rushmore, though? There's not one. Yeah, that's a, there is one. It's in Moose Jaw. Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan. All right, let's get to this. Um, there's actually been some hockey news, which is exciting. There's been nothing for the last three, four months. And we have a signing. A friend of the show, Ryan Reeves, just signed a two-year deal, which is good. For him, 3.5 schmill for a tough guy, fourth liner. That's a lot of cake. Well, 3.5 over two years, so 1.75 annually. That's a lot of money for a it guy is. of that ilk, especially when you consider the salary cap potentially freezing or getting lower next year. That's, that's a, not a small chunk of change for a fourth liner. I don't know. Good deal for him. I think a great deal for him. Not, yeah, not, but he's also, we talked about this before, like in the recent years, he's proven that he can play too. Like he's scoring goals and not huge numbers, but you know, eight, nine goals a year, put up 15 or 20 points. He was, he's a player. No, I agree. I, I think it's a, it's a, he's a good player, but if you have a fourth line that eats up, you say each of them gets 1.5 million, that's four and a half million. That's a lot of money on your fourth line. When you could get guys who are making league minimum, you can get three guys for 1.5 million or two million you know it's yeah. a great deal for ryan i'm happy for him he is an impact player he changes the game when he's on the ice like sure. it or not when he's there you you definitely kind of you know you're not going in after that puck as a defenseman too hard in the corner when it gets dumped in you're you're double triple checking because you know you're going to get buried by him at some point so good deal very exciting um what else so this is a this is big news for the leafs i think i think this is a potential game changer for the leafs series Josh Anderson is out. There was some question whether he would play or not. He had shoulder, shoulder surgery because he, he heard it during a fight versus um, Ottawa last year. So I guess it was a four to six month layoff, maybe more, but I guess the rehab isn't going as planned. So he's, he's done. They've already ruled him out, which is bad news for um, Columbus. He's a good player. You he's know, a good he player, especially during the playoffs. Point. Yeah, big body, 6'3", he's probably 220, 230. He's probably 250, 260 right now. But, <laughs> like, that's a, that's a type of player you want in the playoffs. So the Leafs just dodged a bullet. I think I think that's a big, big loss for Columbus. When you, when you go into the playoffs, you want a guy like him. And the Leafs are just – they got to be happy about this. They have he's, to be very happy. Because he's the exact the kind of player that would drive guys like Marno and Marner and Matthews crazy, right? If he's on the ice, and if he's not there, that's just, they're going to have a little more room out there. Yeah, he controls the puck. He gets in on the forecheck. The D man hate guys like that who just kind of plant themselves in front of the net, and you can't move them nowadays. Game. So, anyways, big news: Leafs dodge a bullet. I think the Leafs are the favorite in that series now. Like I, I always thought they were the favorite. Now they're their over, overwhelming favorite. Yeah. They have to be. They have to be. All right, another another little tidbit of news. Well, a couple of NHL stories. So everybody's talking about this 14-day quarantine. 
I saw Bettman came out. Over half the league is still not in their cities. And training camp is starting July 10th, which we broke the news first on that too, by the way. No one, no one really talked about it because we talked to um, a coach in the NHL and he kind of divulged that information. I just slid it into the last or two podcasts ago and we could have made a big deal about it, but I didn't want to brag or show off. But yes, camps are July 10th. And if half the league, over half the league is still not in their cities and you need a 14-day quarantine when you come back, I'm trying to do the math, carry the one, they would have to leave in the next week to get back in order to be ready for camp. So with that being said, what do we do, Tim? How do we get these players here? Any ideas? <laughs> no, I don't have the first clue. Do you? I, I think they're just going to all charter private jets. Yeah. Because you get around that quarantine if you do a private jet from Europe. And I think that's a no-brainer. If you're in Sweden, Finland, you're pooling all these guys and you're just going to charter a big old jet and get everybody over here. I know when um, guys fly back overseas or even Mark Edward Vlasic, he told us when he flies everywhere now, he just gets a private jet. He just packs it full of his dogs. <laughs> right. So if I was in Sweden, I'd be calling up all my guys in the, uh, in the area and saying, hey, fellas, let's get a PJ. Let's jump, jump in the jet and head over here. Like a no-brainer. Have you ever been on a private jet, Tim? I have not. Have you? I don't want to brag, but yes, I have. <laughs> have you ever paid for a private jet? I don't want to brag, but no, I haven't. <laughs> yeah. There's, Jum- there's Jumbo nothing... pay for all those? Oh, yeah. There's nothing better than getting on the plane and you have your envelope full of money to pay to somebody. And he's like, don't worry, I got it. I'm like, oh, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much. Because it was a few grand, like, I don't know. For, I don't know what it was, but um, yeah, I don't want to p- give away that money, you know? And so yeah. it happened a few times where they just picked up the tab. I was like, oh, you're the man. I'll buy you around at the, at the free bar in Vegas. So, <laughs> <laughs> right. I'm so cheap. It's disgusting how cheap I am. Like, if it's worthwhile, I'll spend some money, but at the end of the day, I don't like spending anything. Like, I am the, the most thriftiest guy out there. So I, I was very, very happy about that. But private jets, I'm telling you, is the way to go. You can do whatever you want. Like, you don't have to wear a seatbelt. You can use your cell phone during takeoff. Are you kidding me? I'm using my cell phone. Ah, what a dream. Um, okay. Another story that I saw, well, someone came down with COVID in Arizona, one of the staff. And the one thing that bothers me with the NHL is they never say who it is. It's always just an anonymous person. It's always the masked man or woman. Like, why is it that every other sports league, they say who got COVID, but the NHL is so vague about it. An unnamed player got COVID from Ottawa. Oh, another staff member from San Jose. And now it's a staff member from Arizona. It could be the janitor who hasn't worked in the arena for five months. Like, who is this staff member? Tell us. I want to know. Is it the GM? Is it the equipment manager? Is it someone in the scouting um, team who never is around the team. I don't know why they don't release this information. It drives me crazy. Tim, why? Did you see a Bruins player tested positive the other day? For what? COVID. Oh, because players test positive for a lot of things, I would guess. <laughs> so COVID, yeah. a, pl- a Bruins player did. Yeah. Where was he stationed in Boston? Do you know that? I don't or know. He- they didn't release any information. Again, it could be a player who is living in Nova Scotia who hasn't seen anybody and it's not going to affect anything, but they just don't, I don't know why they don't say who it is and where they're from and how they got the disease. That would help so much 
to alleviate concerns or to maybe amp up our concern level just because, okay, well, this guy was training with all these players. It's Pasternak. He's in Boston. He's around all these guys. Maybe we should, you know, pull back the reins a little bit and not be so aggressive, but they, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't get why they don't let us know this information. I don't. And it's frustrating. Yeah. But I mean, say what you want, but in the last couple of months, especially the last, you know, two weeks, Bettman has, has kind of shined because of how poorly Rob Manfred's doing with the MLB. Have you followed this at all? Oh, this guy is a complete train wreck. Yeah. Like this, this, just back and forth with the owners and the players, the negotiations. It's awful. First of all, public. That's what I was going to say. None of this stuff should ever be public. This could have happened over a phone call between the MLB PA guy, the head guy, whatever, Tony Clark and the commissioner to air your laundry publicly. And the owners look so bad. They look so, so bad. They basically keep presenting the players with the same offer just in a different way. It's it's terrible. The players look great. I don't know. Yeah, no, the, the owners look terrible. And there are people saying, like, if, if MLB doesn't happen this year, they'll never recover from it. I don't think they're so. They're already struggling, right? Um, maybe not financially. But when, if, if they have to share a viewership with ML, or NHL and NBA playoffs this summer and maybe next summer, like, they're, they're not going to do well. Yeah, I think – baseball is a big through the gate revenue driver. I don't think they have many and I, and I could be wrong, but their TV ratings can't be high in the regular season. Like they have a game every single day. It's not like millions of people are watching basketball has a pretty big TV deal. Hockey it's minuscule compared to those guys, but baseball, a lot of their revenue I would think is driven by through the gates, people attending games, that sort of thing, just because they have so many games. Right. But I could I could be totally wrong, but man, are they just botching this? Like completely botching this opportunity to kind of be the sole team out there, the sole show. Like everybody would watch them. Everybody. Basketball is still up in the air. They don't know what they're doing. I, I see some players like I'm not playing, especially with the um the the protests and stuff. Some of the players like we don't want to distract from that, and then they add the COVID the COVID stuff on top of that, we don't want to, you know, risk our lives. So there's a lot of stuff happening with basketball and hockey is still there. Players aren't even in the city. So baseball, what a, what a stinker of a move for that guy. What's his name? Um, Rob Manfred Manfred. Anyways. So I was thinking, what is the over under for COVID cases, positive tests with an NHL team before the NHL just says, we can't do this. Like we have been too aggressive. Is it a per team basis or a league basis? Like what's that number? And what happens if you're in the playoffs and all of a sudden the day before the game, two of your top guys come down with COVID and they can't play. Yeah. What what happens in that case? Tim. I hadn't really thought about a scenario like that. Tim. So I have to think the number is not like, too too low because like we said we've already had players and and staff testing positive and they're still moving toward a return so the number's not like three or five or something um per team or like league-wide league-wide yeah i think you're on the right keep going sorry but i i still think it's going to be huge like my that 10 to 12 is is my league-wide number but maybe um but i don't know i mean batman's pretty cautious what do you think 
I think you're right on with the 10 to 12 league wide. I think if a team gets ravaged, that's the thing that's going to happen. It's not going to be a league wide thing. It'll be one team gets ravaged where one guy gets it, comes to the rink, pulls an Ennis Cantor and is joking around and he just infects like four or five guys. And then that their, their team's done. If you infect five guys, you can't play. You're absolutely done. You can't just like take five guys out of the lineup. It just doesn't happen. I know they're potentially extending the roster limit from 23 to 30 or 28. That might help a little bit, but you're not going to put five schmelts in. If you take out the Kane Taves, Seabrook, Keith Crawford, whoever else they have, like, right. You're going to lose. So, well, plus like, here's a question. If one team shuts down like that, where they get like, you know, they're just, just ravaged by the disease and they can't play. Do you cancel the whole season? Like you can't have, or does it, if it's in the playoffs, does the, does the other teams automatically get the win? You just try to continue as is. Like, how does how would that even work? These are the questions that need to be answered because this this is a definite possibility. Like, this could easily happen where three or four guys get it. What if your your goalie gets it? Then you got to play your backup in Boston. That's a great thing because your backup's better than your starter. But in okay. most other cities, your starter is your number one, and your backup is like way way worse. I saw so, two polls from NHL.com yesterday. Not polls, like like expert polls, I think, just from analysts. And they both ranked uh, all the top eight goalies in among the playoff teams, and both lists had Tuka Rask as number one. Yeah, Jack Edwards did no, every one of those polls. No, yeah. uh, no, 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 it wasn't. Uh, Mike Rupp was one of them, was one of the guys. I forget oh, the he guy. played for Boston. No, he didn't. He lives in Boston. No, he doesn't. <laughs> he was born in the Boston area. He's got a Boston accent. Mike Rupp doesn't know, know anything. Rupper, it's terrible. He doesn't know anything. He doesn't know what he's <laughs> talking about. No, if that, like, I think they have to plan for that potentially. And that's the thing. You can't have wiggle room with the schedule. It's already so tight. There is a time constraint. You can't just be like, okay, well, if you get it, we'll give you an extra few days. It doesn't happen. So that will be very, very interesting because I, I, I see it happening. And I don't know. You, you, that team just forfeits? Forfeits the game? I don't know. It'll be, it'll be interesting when we cross that bridge because it will happen. Mark my word. It will happen that something like that kind of springs up. All right, moving on. Something happened this morning, Tim, that I wasn't too proud of. Oh, no. So I woke up. I got up early. I I was doing some work. I made breakfast. Danielle came home. She goes to mass in the morning. So she came home. I got the kids all their breakfast. And I do the podcast in the basement. So I'm coming downstairs. And I had my coffee, my water. And I was balancing my breakfast on my water cup. And I missed the last step. And my breakfast fell to the ground. No. What was it? It was four pieces of toast with cream cheese on them. Now, here's your question. My question for you. They all landed face down, cream cheese on the floor. Do you eat that toast, Tim? Before I answer that, can I, can I have, ask another question? Absolutely. Cream cheese on toast? Yeah, try it. It'll change your life. <laughs> you're a strange man. It's John. delicious. Um, you know what? I never have ever eaten cream cheese on toast until my kids started eating it. And then they wouldn't eat their breakfast. And I'd be like, I'll eat it. That's how I ate breakfast, by the way, for a good six months. I did it all during Lent and I just extended it because my kids will ask for like oatmeal and toast and stuff. And then they won't finish it or yogurt. And I'm like, I'm not going to let this food go to waste. So I'm eating like leftover food from my kids for breakfast. 
And so this is one of those cases where I made a bunch of toast and I just cream cheesed it up. And I was like, who wants some? And only there was only two takers. So I took the rest of the four down in the basement with me. So anyways, back to my question. Yeah. They're face down on the floor. I rightfully so scream. My kids are all worried. What's happening? <laughs> and yeah, I would have I done the exact same thing. But w- you don't know what I did. Do you, no, I do you throw it away? I would have screamed. Yeah, I screamed. Manly scream. Um, I give them a quick look, but I'm starting from a place of no. And I have to be really convinced that there's no gunk or dust or dirt on there to, to even, you know, it, think about eating them. But I'm going to say most likely not. So you're, you're really like one of those dirt guys, germaphobes. No, but like if I cream cheese down, it's going to come back up just covered in stuff. So no, I ate all four of them. Of course you did. I ate all four. I honestly didn't even check the cream cheese. I just was, (laughs) I would have inspected with a magnifying glass. Really? I did not. I was confident that my floors were somewhat clean, but you know, what's funny. Sometimes we get mice in here. So there's mice running around. I just man so here's a question though would you have done something like that before you were a father i would feel like you get used to doing gross stuff all the time i would have threw it out and then thrown the bag directly into the trash in the the garage (laughs) it would have grossed me right out i do so much gross stuff now it's not even funny like literally the grossest things like my kids will be eating stuff at the park or wherever we are and they'll be dirty and i'm like give me that finger and i'll like suck their finger just to get it off like peanut butter or something it's so gross <laughs> like just disgusting stuff that would make you vomit probably oh come on man so speaking of like funny stories gross stories we i, I sent out a tweet what are your funniest or grossest or strangest hockey stories and we have some pretty good responses yeah most embarrassing so most embarrassing yes. i um i don't know if you if you read them all but i, I picked out a few of my favorites that i kind of share here well, um, do you have any, Tim? Because you, you you played at a high-level hockey. Like, let's not sell yourself short. You played at a club team in Boston at your university, correct? Yes. And you competed against the best of the best. There's some good players in that league. Um, rightfully so. It's a darn good league. It was. Stop. Yeah, stop. Um, okay. I'm, I'm, not, gonna... <laughs> I'm just trying to give you a compliment, Tim. Yeah, sure. Um, I can't wait to get on the ice with you one day. Just you're gonna dangle me. I uh, I'm gonna turn you right. inside out. Um, so, turn, tell me a story that you had. Do you have one on the top of your head? Yeah. Or you just I mean, you never got embarrassed? I like I've been embarrassed, but like the boring. Like I've been like you know deked before and like embarrassed on a one on one or something or a two on one. But like everyone has, and that's not really that embarrassing of a story. The the one that does come to mind is um, this is a game. This is a high school game, I think, and. I was playing defense and I rushed the puck and and I must have had my head down or something, but someone hip checked me, open eyes, center eyes, hip check. And he was small and I was obviously tall. And I just went like, just head over heels, just sprawled. And it was a, a clean sheet of ice beginning of the period. I just flipped way over him and just sprawled out and slid um, right in the middle of the ice. And that was kind of embarrassing. That's like the only thing I can think of that was just like a straight up embarrassing moment on the ice. That's not too bad. That's not yeah. embarrassing at all. That's just part of the game. Yeah, it was. I've been buried quite a bit. Like, well, that's nothing like in St. Louis when it's a jam-packed crowd and it's a Saturday night and you're with the Hawks and you try to go bury Sabatka at center ice and he just reverse hits you and you f- fly backwards and your stick hits the ice 
perfectly so it makes the big slapping sound. <laughs> the whole crowd just starts laughing and going, oh, like that's embarrassing. That one hurts the, hurts the ego for weeks on end because you're supposed to uh-huh. be a tough guy. You know what's the worst embarrassment in hockey is during warm-ups. And it's not really embarrassing to the fans, but your teammates, if you fall in warm-ups on a clean sheet of ice and you're by yourself, it is the most embarrassing moment. Your teammates just give you give you guff for it for the whole warm-ups. And when you go back into the locker room, they're just grinding your gears the whole time. Especially if you slide and you go into the other team's zone, which I've done a few times. Because <laughs> you only have four turns. And if you're turning up by the red line and you slip and you slide into the other team's area, oh, like if you slip on a puck or guys will fire pucks at your skates when you're, when you're kind of on that turn to try to get you to fall. That's, that's how great hockey players are. They just, there's certain guys on every team that they fire pucks at your skates during like yep. a turn or something. And it's like, they catch you right when you're crossing over and they hit your back <laughs> skate and you go and you're just like, son of like Andrew Shaw or guys like that. You're like, come on, man. And you it's just exactly go down. the guys you think it would be. It's, it's, it's never the guys who you would like. It's always those guys. All like the Steve Otts of the world. I would do it sometimes. Like I, I, mine was always retaliatory, but that's like an embarrassing thing yeah. that happens to players because you, you shouldn't fall. Like you, that's why I always wear a helmet, helmet buckled up. It's like, if I'm going down, I'm not getting a Taylor Hall be Scarface for the rest of my life where he gets kicked in the face after he falls. Like, no, thanks. Too dangerous. I think I didn't wear a bucket a few times just to be cool. And I'm like worried about my hairline and stuff. I was like, I'm not, <laughs> no, thanks. Not a chance. Bet online. There was no shortage of action going on at our exclusive partners, betonline.ag. Sports are slowly making their way back, and BetOnline is leading the way with the best odds and lines for all of USC, NASCAR, boxing, and soccer matches. And if you need even more, they have simulated NFL, NBA, and UFC simulations all day, every day live on their website. Are you looking for something else other than sports? BetOnline has hundreds of casino games, poker tournaments, and prop bets to check out. I wouldn't want to go to a casino, Tim, would you? No. Stepping in to a casino during this atmosphere? Might as well just give me a death warrant. That's why Bet Online is so advantageous. Get your fix at Bet Online. Visit betonline.ag and use promo code BLUEWIRE for a free welcome bonus. That's one word BLUEWIRE. Bet Online, your online wagering experts. Okay, so what are these Twitter, the Twitterverse? Give me some good ones. Here. Yeah, so um, here's one from Frankie. He goes, I was a goalie. Oh, I know Frank. Yeah, Frankie. I was a goalie in juniors. And I like to play the puck too much. I once stopped the puck behind the net. I heard a teammate call my name, and I no look past him. It wasn't my teammate, but a friend from high school, and he scored on the empty net. Oh, what a greasy move by his friend. Another like one, another one from a goalie from Turner said, I once let in 93 goals and won 0-14-1 in one, in one season in playing goalie. Yikes. What? What league was this? <laughs> no, I'm sure it wasn't a competitive league. Definitely um, wasn't a tryouts for that team. 
uh, skating at practice with stomach aches, doing doing suicides, and I poop my pants. <laughs> okay, I don't believe that. I don't believe we that. We got a couple poop stories. Really? Yuck. Uh, one guy, Delaney, said, my dad once came to see me during my four-year career playing minor league hockey. Um, during warm-up, I knocked in the glass and showed him my jersey number. The next time he saw me on the ice was when we got out at the end of the game. I never played one second. <laughs> <laughs> that's a bad one i can i can i've never not played a shift in a game no i would <laughs> that would be so bad i have yeah. undid my skates during the third period and been told that you're up and i had to say i can't do it because my skates are untied <laughs> that's happened uh, to me once who was your coach um it was in i think it was chicago i was just comfortable there and Mike Kitchen was a D coach, or no, it was Havland. And he's like, Johnny, you're up. I was like, I haven't played in 20 minutes. My skates are untied heavy. I am done. <laughs> he's like, all right, fair enough. That's so funny. <laughs> he took it in stride. It was, I was really happy. I thought he was going to really rip me a new one. But he's like, all right, sounds good. So in a situation like that, is your partner also not playing, or are they just rolling five? They're rolling five. They're yeah. going five, and I haven't played in a while. Like, if it's a close game, if we, we were probably down by two, and I'm guessing the other team scored one to make it you know, a three goal difference and they didn't want to play dunks or Siebs or John Merson or uh, soupy. They just put me out there. I remember one time we were in Vancouver, it was a playoff game and we smoked them. We were up like five, one, six, one. And I was playing D and they threw me out there. There was like five minutes left and I kept trying to change and dunks was like, no, 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 stay out. So I had like a four minute shift at the end of the game and I was completely gassed. I was street legging it for the last two minutes. I could not even move, but it was, it was pretty fun just because I never get out there. And I played literally the last four or five minutes of the game just because they were like, I'm not coming off. Like, I'm not coming on. Like, you stay on. And uh, I didn't get scored on, but it probably didn't look too pretty. But. So th- were they doing it to, like, to help you and give you a break and get a chance to play or just because they no, didn't want to? they did not want to play because we probably played in two nights and we had to fly back to Chicago for game six, I believe it was. And they're like, they probably already played 25 minutes that game and they were just getting a break. Yeah. So I was like, fine, I'll do it. And they were, it was fun. They were giggling. I was laughing because I kept trying to change. Like, no, no, no. (laughs) Stay out. All right. Here's one from, uh, here's a, here's a good one from Jeremy Brodeur, which I looked it up. It is Marty's son um, who plays uh, minor league somewhere. Marty Uh, Brodeur, the best goalie ever? uh, Yeah. He's he's number three. Um, No, he was number. Third, what number was he? 30? He's no number three all time. Oh, no, he's not. Okay. Um, so Jeremy said, he's a goalie too. Easy. Went to go do my lap after we scored to find out the puck never went in and they shot it into the empty net while I was by the no. glass in the corner. Cheering, high-fiving the fans. Oh. Against the London Knights, he said. Oh, no. That is embarrassing. That's like Al Stalock when he thought they had a delayed penalty and he skated all the way to the bench. And then he figured out there was no delayed penalty, so he had to go back on the ice. But he had to wait for his guy to change in order to get back. And the right. other team didn't score. That's Yeah, another kid, my buddy Dave, said the same thing. He skated to the bench in high school because they thought there was a delayed penalty. The coach was like, what the heck are you doing here? Get back. Um, yeah. Goalies are the worst. There's another goalie one here. I didn't realize there were so many. But from Goalies Boston, don't pay attention to the game. <laughs> like, when well, the puck's not in their own end, they're completely out to lunch. Yeah, they don't. They just kind of look around. They take a knee. They don't really uh, listen to a book goalies. on tape. We're seriously taking a drink of water. Like pay attention, goalies. So here's John Foster. I once played an entire game as a goalie without my cup. 
I noticed it with about five minutes left in the game, and my glove hand was covering my crotch for the rest of the game. Well, that that is not smart. That is not – I would – oh, man. You could die. You can literally die if you get hit in the groin area too hard. It's, look it up. It's a fact. I believe it. Uh, I, Brian... was, I remember Benoit Pouliot never wore a cup. What? Ever. And he got hit there one time by an errant pass. Oh, man. He was out for the whole period. Like, why don't you wear a cup, Pooley? He's like, it doesn't feel good. I don't like it. I'm like, you are <laughs> absolutely crazy, my man. Like, You're no out of your thanks. Oh. Um, Brian Shepard said, I was beside the crease, down a goal, last minute, empty net, got the puck, the goalie dove across, tried to roof it. Not only did I miss the goalie, I missed the net, I missed the glass, I missed the mesh, and I hit the ceiling, and we lost oh, the game. Man. And they lost that's that's like that Pet- Patrick Stepan in the playoffs, or even that Riley Smith did it with Nashville, but they ended up winning. Remember in the overtime they played Edmonton? Yeah, with the Stars game. Yeah, they came back and scored. Hemsky scored on Turco. Yep. Oh man, but Dallas did win in the overtime uh, period, so that kind of salvaged that game. But that's crazy. I scored so, an empty netter, Tim. No big deal. Yeah, backhand, right? In the NHL. Yeah, yeah backhander, dead center. That's Remember, funny. Last year we shot we shouted out this Instagram account that's like devoted to like ranking the best empty net goals of all time. It's like it just like describes a highlight like you were describing like a highlight real goal, but if they're all empty netters, it's pretty funny. And yours yours is on there. My if you look at it, it's a pretty difficult shot. Backhand shot, no looking from my end with pressure on me. And I and I stick at dead center and I go over like four guys. It's a pretty impressive impressive shot. But yeah. I would say the – gosh, what's the best one? Is it a goalie? Like, is it Hextall? Because he, he had some time. He did that one versus Boston. But he had a few time, like seconds to gather himself. I don't know. That's actually an interesting question. What's the best empty net goal of all time? We should, we should dedicate a whole episode to that. But not the most impactful. Just the best empty net goal. Because yeah. there's got to be ones that I know I've played in games where we've had own goals, where we pulled our goalie and we tried to pass it back to the defenseman. It just goes in the net. Right. Like, those are cool when you score on yourself. <laughs> like, yeah. That's really fun. Imagine eating that minus. Like, how are you a minus? Oh, my forward scored in his own net. <laughs> Whammy. Oopsie. <sighs> now that is, I remember whenever we were on the, the ice and they had a penalty, I would immediately go right to the front of the net no matter where I was on the ice, I'm like, I'm going to the front and I'm going to try to get a goal. Even if I was a defenseman, I just went right to the front of the net. And I would always try to be the guy that jumped on for the goalie when he would come off mm-hmm. because it, it's supposed to be the centerman of the next line up. But if he wasn't paying attention, I would be gone before they even had a chance to realize what was happening. And I did that a few times in the show and the coach always hated it. Absolutely <laughs> hated it. And I just go right to the front of the net. That's funny. Coach, coach, my head's on a swivel. I'm figuring out what's going on. So I, I was thinking about this embarrassing. The biggest off-ice embarrassment, I had a couple. I remember when I was with the Rangers, and I just complained about Tortorella all the time because I honestly did not get along with him. And this was when he relegated me to Black Aces, and he wouldn't let me dress in the room with the players. So it was me and Zuccarello and Stu Bickle and Jeff Wojtka we were getting a new crop of guys from the AHL because they had just been eliminated. And so they were coming into our little room in the catacombs of the Rangers building, Madison square garden. Mm -hmm. And so they're all coming in. There was like four or five and six of them. And they're walking through the door and I'm in there taping my stick. And I go, welcome to hell boys. 
And right behind the last guy is Tortorella. No. And he heard me. He goes, what's that, John? I go, oh. I, I, and I go, I said, welcome to hell. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, oh, you think this is hell? I'm like, nah. I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was just like foot in mouth insert here. And I was like, man, like, can I not catch a break? Because I, I had done that a few other times with him during that year where I just, he's so small. And he just kind of blends in when he's not like screaming. So he just kind of walks around. He's just hiding behind these players. So that was a big embarrassing moment for me. Another one was when I was playing with Chicago, Thomas Kopetsky. I wasn't, I'll be honest. And this is embarrassing to say, I have not always been great with my personal hygiene. So if we would have a morning practice, sometimes I would forget to brush my teeth and I'll be honest. And if I don't brush, I have very potent breath, potent. And so I would get to the rink, I'd eat my breakfast, I'd go about my business, and I would sit near Kopetsky, and he would just give me the hardest time about my breath. He'd be like, holy whatever, John, you smell like trash. Like, what did you eat a cat poo sandwich for breakfast? Like, what's going on? <laughs> and so they, they, this went on all season. And it started to annoy me where I was just like, come on, man, my breath doesn't stink. And I think they just started to do it because they knew how much it affected me. So we did a secret Santa and he obviously made it. So he pulled my name and he got me this mouth cleansing kit where like, (laughs) it's almost like, I don't know how it works. I still have it. I've never used it, but it's like a, a, a scientific thing where you go in and like bleaches your mouth or something. I don't know how it works. Try and it. He, gave, he gave it to me in front of the whole team. And so I was just like, he's, <laughs> he's son. like all the staff, like everybody in Chicago, they did a really nice Christmas party. Everyone's families were there. Like, what do you got, John? I'm like, oh, it's, it's a mouth cleaning kit because my, my breath smells so bad always. And that's in front of all the wives, all the GM, like GM, the owner, everybody. I'm sitting there admitting that I had terrible breath to like the whole organization. So that was one of the most embarrassing moments of my life. It was terrible. I, well, my breath is, is better now. Yeah. Um, and I just remembered another one. I can't believe I didn't think of before. Uh, but this is, this is a real good embarrassing one where um, my first in high school, my first game or one of my first games called up to varsity and I was playing D on the point right in front of my own bench and there was just like a, you know, a scramble down, down in the corner. And the, one of their players that kind of came up to cover me because the puck was coming up that way. And my guy had the puck. And I'm telling him, like, don't pass it back to me because I'm, I'm covered, right? Uh, so I yelled to him, like, uh, down low, down low, down low. And the guys on my bench are like, Tim, you're up high. You're on the point. You're up high. But they thought I was calling for a shot and yelling down low. That, like, I didn't know where I was. This new kid, first time on varsity. So what were you trying to get across by down low? Just like shoot it? Down like low? get it back in the corner like don't no pass uh but get it deep yeah I, yeah i don't think that's that embarrassing down low. yeah it was all the all the like older kids on the varsity team and i'm just right in front of them and they think I, they don't think i don't know where i am on the ice they think that you thought that you were in your own end i don't know because you were in the offensive zone i don't know man it that, was embarrassing your teammates sound like wieners because that's I don't think that's that big of a deal. They were like, Tim, you're up high. Um, we have a couple more I want to read, though. Uh, Cam Jansen responded to this. Shocker. What? Let me guess, <laughs> Carlo Koliakovo responded, too. No, he didn't. I, I was waiting for it, but he didn't. Carlo um, responds to every tweet. I could tweet out 
just just like a dot and carlo would respond that guy loves himself some response and retweets Uh, loves it cam just said so the question was what's the most embarrassing on ice moment he just said my hands that's not funny (laughs) (laughs) he got a lot of likes there i'm sure he did that's great cam tries Um, too hard mike this is a pretty funny one that's why he was my worst interview for the awards he just tries too hard that's yeah. why he, he just, you got to let it come to you, come to you. Tim hates it when I chirp Cam Jansen. No, I don't. he has so many followers. No, I think you have more followers. See, I don't care if I do or not, but he, Tim, Tim doesn't like it when I, when I say stuff about other guys, you can see, I can tell you get uncomfortable. No, I love it. You're just, wanna, a, you just love everybody. I do love everybody. Even it's Tom very, Christina. I don't like him. Neither does <laughs> Brian McGratton. See? Um, Okay, so this two more. Mike said the Alex Semin fight. It's my story because I was that embarrassed for him. That was pretty embarrassing. The that was slap. the slap fight. That's yeah, yeah. That is actually really embarrassing. I like that one. That <laughs> might be the worst hockey fight of all time. Even more worse than the one where the guys squared off and they didn't actually fight. The refs just jumped in the middle of it. Yeah, that was the worst ever. Would you rather get one punched by a really tough guy? Or just embarrass yourself like a slap fight and win the fight, though? Uh, probably one punch, I guess, but I feel like I probably couldn't take that hit. Well, I don't think you have a choice. Yeah. <laughs> That's what getting one punch means. You can't take I it. Know, but I don't think I would respond well to that. Yeah, you, you don't respond well to adversity. That's not true. Okay, mister, your teammates just said, Tim, where are you? And you're still thinking about it. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. It's still right. affecting you. <laughs> Last one. This is actually my favorite one. Okay. I was this from Neil. Back checking a guy in a slot and went to swipe the puck from him and, and wrap it around the boards. But I missed and managed to perfectly roof the puck top shelf on our own net. Oh, man. Yeah. Have you ever? I've scored on my own net before. It's the worst feeling. I've it's never the absolute, It's the absolute worst feeling. Usually on a tip in or something, if it's like a pass across on a two on one or something, that's how it usually happens. But I've seen guys going for the the rim around the boards and just ripping right on net and score. Oh, the worst feeling ever. I've yeah. never done that. I'm not, I'm not worse. I'm worse than those guys. All right. That was fun, Tim. Have you ever been embarrassed in, in embarrassing men's league? No. No, like uh, on situations where I think I should have scored, but I don't think that's embarrassing. Yeah. Remember, I almost killed a guy when I wanted to like rip his head off and fight him. That was embarrassing. But I think just for me, like a personal embarrassment where I let these guys get to me too much. Yeah. But no, I don't think I've been embarrassed. I've never really fallen. I don't try hard enough to like fall. I've never really been dangled. If a guy tries to like go through my legs, it's no contact. I'll just hit him. Yeah. I'll just put my hand in his throat and push him down. I'm like, you're not dangling me. You're not going to toe drag me. I just am not going to let it happen. I'll take the two minutes. I'm sorry. You're not going to do that to me. Because <laughs> in men's league, when you, when you can't hit somebody, it's really hard to play defense sometimes. If they put the puck kind of in their skates, you can't get it. And they, if they have a little more speed than you are, they're going to go around you. I'm not exactly the fastest guy. They're just like, no, I'm going to flip and throw you to the ice and the refs usually don't call it because they like me but sometimes they do so no not embarrassed 
at all. And I, I don't get embarrassed around those guys. No offense to my team, Jolly Pumpkin, and everybody else in the league, but you know, I don't really care <laughs> yeah. that much. It's right. like, oh, you fell down. I'm like, I, I did. Whatever. It is what it is. All right, Tim. Well, I really appreciate these talks we have. Yeah. It's, nice really, to check in with you. it's really nice. I think this week, well, I might call Patty Kane and get him on the show. What do you think? Patrick Kane? Yeah. You think he'd do it? He's kind of he's kind of a big deal. Yes, I don't know. Maybe Thursday we'll get him on a phone call. We'll see if he'll get on the podcast. Because I know I'm I'm gonna get him for our big project that we're doing. But maybe I'll swing a podcast out of it too. Yeah. Maybe I'd love to work. hear how he's training. Right. What he's up to. You know, I think that's interesting to get an elite player's point of view. How has he kept his hands sharp? Because that's really like he's got hands for days. And how does he keep his hands active during a time like this? He was on a Sports Center segment about returning to play the other day. And he said he's, he's the, the kind of guy that needs to be on the ice a lot to prepare. Like he can't just kind of jump back into it. He needs to really get his feet underneath him and get his hands going. Um, maybe you talk to us a little bit about that and what his approach to returning the game is. Yeah. That's the first thing that goes is your hands. Like you can take a week off and your hands. It feels like you've been gone for a month. It takes a long time to get them back up to speed, especially like that's his game. He's all about passing, controlling the puck, shooting like that is his game. And if he loses that, he's dead to me. <laughs> so it'll be interesting. We'll, we'll talk to him about that. I'm going to talk to him Thursday. So maybe we can swing a podcast out of it. Sounds good. How about John Aiken wants me to give a shout out to his son? He wants to meet him, right? Yeah, I kibosh that idea right away. I just, I don't want to overextend my niceties with Patrick Kane. Like, I don't know. John was like, can I get Owen on to say hi to Patrick? And I, like, I would love to, but I just don't want to. I think it's too much. So I'm going to, I'm going to try to get Patrick to do like a little personalization. Like, hey, Owen, how's it going? You know, good luck with everything. Yeah, something nice. like that. I that'd think be- that's enough, right? If you were a celebrity, would it would it irk you to like have to entertain a kid when all you want to do is just do a quick interview for your friend? Uh, it it changes the dynamic, right? Like all of a sudden he's sort of on stage instead of just chatting with you, right? Yeah, that's what I thought. So but maybe maybe a video would be nice. No, I'm not doing a video. We're gonna do just an audio. Hi, Owen. How are you? It's Patrick Kane. Don't do drugs. <laughs> Stay in school. That's what we're going to do. That was the big message. Remember growing up? Oh, yeah. They had the big don't do drugs. Oh, yeah. Stay in school. Yeah. What was it? They had like a slogan. I think it was just don't do drugs. But it had like a, a catchy ring to it. That, that slogan has gone out the window. Now they're like they're encouraging it. Drives me, drives me bananas. But it's also like they kind of prepared you for being offered free drugs all the time. Like that's not a real world scenario either. <laughs> Nancy Reagan started that. Really? Yeah. You're too, you're too uh, young for that, but she started the don't do drugs kind of campaign. Gosh, what was the, I don't know what the mantra was. I can't remember what, what they said, but anyways, that'll be fun. We'll get, um, we'll get her or sorry, not Nancy Reagan, <laughs> but we'll get Patrick Kane on the show and uh, hopefully we'll go from there. Sounds good. All right, everybody. Well, thank you for listening. And we will, I'm trying to just say no. That's what there. it was. That's there a good one. All right. Thank you, everybody, for listening. And uh, we'll see you later this week. I hope everyone's staying safe. And we appreciate the listens. 
do they hammer a like click a like button for us, Tim? I don't know how that works. They can they like have to email email somebody. Like and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. Yeah, I think that's it. All right, everybody. Tim, drive safe. Next time we talk, you'll be in Denver. Yes, sir. All right. Has there been any romantic um, anything on this trip? Have you met anybody? No, I mean, people still keep their distance, right? Like bars and stuff are open, but like no one's approaching strangers. You know, it's still in people's minds. And I haven't really tried. I'm, I've been focused on my uh, my journey. Your inward your inward <laughs> journey, not your outward journey. How was your book, JD Salinger, to catch your to catch your eye? Good. I I read a bunch yesterday. I'll probably finish tonight. Like what's a bunch? Like a chapter? No, like probably forty fifty pages yesterday. Dang, that's a lot of reading. I read. I went on a hike and I was reading up the top of the mountain. You're so cool. I know. Man, some lucky, lucky woman's going to get you. She's going to be lucky. What do you want to do today, Tim? Read my book on top of a mountain. <laughs> you coming? Yeah. Like, boof, dream scenario. All right, everybody. Well, I'll talk to you later, Tim. And I hope everyone is safe for the second time. Cheers, everybody. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening. Make sure you're following the show on Twitter at dropping underscore gloves. For episode highlights, behind-the-scenes content, sneak peeks, and giveaways, check out johnscottallstar.com slash shop for merchandise including t-shirts, hats, hoodies, and so much more. And please, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. It's so important to helping us grow so we can keep delivering the hockey content and interviews with the players you love. Thanks, and see you next time.